0: Welcome to the ProVest Perspective with Noel Swain, CFP, and host Pamela Lida. Noel is an investment advisor with Cambridge Investment Research and has been interviewed many times on NPR. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for some straightforward, honest talk. Now, here's Noel Swain and host Pamela Lida.
1: Hello and welcome to our first podcast edition of the ProVest Perspective. We hope a lot of our radio listeners have made it here with no issues. For those of you who are listening, we'd like to thank you for your faithfulness. And even though we're no longer on the radio, we want you to know that nothing else has changed on our end. We can still be reached at 800-277-0025. And the website address for all of the information that we're going to refer to during this podcast can be found at www.theprovestperspective.com. Now, for those of you who might be new, we want to welcome you and tell you a little bit about us. Noel Swain is a certified financial planner in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and he started his company, ProVest Wealth Advisors, almost 40 years ago. We have been on local radio for five and a half years, but when Salem Media recently sold their upstate channel, we decided to move to a podcast format.
2: So just a few things to know about ProVest Wealth Advisors. We actively manage most of our client accounts. This means that we follow indicators, and when they each go negative, it changes the way that we invest each of our four strategies, and these four strategies are based on our client's risk tolerance. Now, to determine which model or models we invest our clients in, we determine their risk tolerance with one of the tools in our Wealth Toolkit. Other software tools in that Wealth Toolkit are used to maximize our client's Social Security, as well as... They're used to create a written retirement plan. If you have any questions about any of the things that I just mentioned, you can either check them out on our website at www.theprovestperspective.com. And ProVest is P like Paula, R-O-V like Victor and E-S-T, or you can just give us a call because that's a whole lot of spelling. (laughs) Or you can just give us a call at 800-277-0025. So these are some of the things that we do and the people that are migrating over to us from the radio show that we've had, they all know all this and they know what we've been doing.
1: Hoping we have a few new listeners.
2: Well, I'm hoping that we've got some and that it continues to grow because we've had a very strong growth in our listenership over the five and a half years that we were on the radio. And I think that People want to hear real information. They don't want to hear an infomercial for an annuity. They don't want to hear me talking about the dollar is going to go to pieces, so you better buy gold and and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about real investments. We're going to talk about the real investment world and things like that. So this being our first podcast, we don't have any breaks. We just go right straight through it. We don't have any kind of long nuggets or things that we have to talk about like we used to. So let's go ahead and get started. What do you think?
1: Sounds good. Now, the title of today's podcast is When Emotions Take Over. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit of a psychology lesson. And what we're going to do is we're going to discuss the fight or flight part of our brain, what it is, how we've used it in the past, how it can get us into trouble, both in our personal lives and in our investing, and how we can modify our behavior for better results. So if you're ready to get started, Noel, will talk with us a minute about the amygdala part of our brain.
2: The amygdala? is part of the limbic system which regulates emotional and behavioral responses. The amygdala hijack, which we will also talk about a lot today, is a fight-or-flight response to stress. To better understand what an amygdala hijack is, let's discuss two specific parts of the brain, the amygdala and the frontal lobes. The amygdala are clusters of almond-shaped cells located in the brain's base. Everyone has two in each hemisphere. They define and regulate emotions. They store memories and attach those memories to specific emotions. The amygdala also activates the fight-or-flight response. This response can help people in immediate physical danger to react quickly for their safety and security. For example, the fight-or-flight response helped early humans respond to threats to avoid injury or death. The amygdala activates this fight-or-flight response without any initiative. In other words, it's instinctive. When that part of your brain senses danger, it signals your brain to pump stress hormones, preparing your body to either fight for survival or to flee to safety. Today, that fight-or-flight response is more likely to be triggered by emotions such as stress— or fear, or anxiety, or aggression, or anger. So how does all this relate to the frontal lobes? Well, the frontal lobes are the area of the brain that can regulate voluntary actions like reasoning, thinking, movement, decision-making, and planning. And it is more rational than the amygdala. The frontal lobes allow you to evaluate your emotions and then use your experiences and judgment to consciously respond. These reactions are not automatic, like the ones generated by the amygdala. In the event of a physical threat, the amygdala may jump into the fight-or-flight response, but the frontal lobes process the information you're receiving to help you determine if the danger is actually real. If the danger isn't immediate, the frontal lobes help you decide what to do in response to the stress. Now, for mild or moderate threats, the frontal lobes can often override your amygdala so you can approach the situation in a rational way. But in the case of strong threats, the amygdala may trigger the fight-or-flight response. Now, we're going to get to the way this affects you as far as your investments in just a minute, so hang in there. I'm just trying to set it up to where you understand exactly why you react sometimes the way that you do. Now, for early humans, the fight-or-flight response was vital because the threat of physical harm was very real, and it was constant. Today, however, you're more likely to experience psychological threats. Anger, aggression, fear, and stress are all common emotional triggers, and they can cause sudden, illogical, and even irrational reactions. In his 1995 book, Emotional Intelligence, Why It Can Matter More Than IQ, Psychologist Daniel Goldman named the emotional reaction to stress. He called it amygdala hijack. The amygdala hijack occurs when your amygdala responds to stress and disables your frontal lobe. That activates the flight or fight response and actually disables rational, reasoned responses.
1: All right, so for a quick summary, The amygdala regulates emotional and behavioral responses, and when threatened, it can activate the fight-or-flight response. The frontal lobes, which monitor reasoning, can override the amygdala in mild cases so that we can respond rationally. But with a strong threat, the amygdala can override the frontal lobes, thus disabling rational thinking. And this has been named amygdala hijack. So what are the symptoms of an amygdala hijack?
2: Now, the symptoms of an amygdala hijack are caused by the body's chemical response to stress, so your brain releases two kinds of stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline. These are released to prepare your body to fight or (laughs) to get out of there. Together, these stress hormones, one, increase blood flow to muscles so you have more strength and speed to fight or to flee, Two, expand your airways so you can take in and use more oxygen. Three, increase blood sugar to provide you immediate energy. And four, dilate pupils to improve your vision for faster responses. Some of the symptoms you may experience from this are rapid heartbeat, sweaty palms, clammy skin, and goosebumps on the surface of your skin. But an amygdala hijack may lead to irrational behavior.
1: So how can you stop an amygdala hijack?
2: Okay. Psychologist Goldman popularized the concept of emotional intelligence, or EI. He explained how emotional intelligence can help people manage their emotions and guide their behavior and thinking. Where amygdala hijack is natural and immediate, EI can help you regain control. Because an amygdala hijack is an automatic response, your body takes action without any conscious input from you. That does not mean you will be unable to stop or prevent an amygdala hijack. It just takes a conscious effort to deactivate your amygdala and activate your frontal lobes, which is a part of your brain responsible for rational, logical thinking. Now, When you feel threatened or significantly stressed, acknowledge how your body feels and take stock of your emotions and physical symptoms. When you have calmed down or feel less stressed, you can activate your frontal cortex. Breathing can be a powerful tool to accomplish this. So think about the speed of your breathing and work to actually slow it down a little bit. To change behavior, begin by thinking about what activated the response and how you felt. Then consider responses you can and should have These will be more thoughtful and rational responses. When you first try this, this evaluation may have to occur after an episode. But when you feel this response again, acknowledge it and work to regain control. When you recognize warning signs and triggers, you may be able to more easily handle the stress that leads to that fight or flight response in the first place.
1: So how can you actually prevent an amygdala hijack?
2: <laughs> the best way to prevent one is to understand what things trigger the reactions so you can avoid them. Emotional, mental, and even physical stress can trigger the amygdala's fight or flight response. When you begin to feel the symptoms of an amygdala hijack, pause and take note of what you're feeling and what led you to this moment recognize any bodily changes you're experiencing also consider what triggered these feelings like stress anger or aggression these are the beginning steps of responding in a peaceful way now there are two techniques to stop an amygdala hijack one is reasoning once you have calmed your emotional response down a little bit you can use reasoning and logic to think through your situation This way, you have options for how you will respond, and you can pick the one that best suits the situation, not one that fulfills an emotional reaction. And next is mindfulness. Use meditation or controlled breathing or prayer to focus your body's energy. This will help you respond to a threat or stress in a much more peaceful way. It will help you stop an amygdala hijack, so you can regain control. This is sort of like when you get in an argument. You know, we're coming up on Thanksgiving pretty soon, and there's a lot of people that get together at Thanksgiving, and they're on different sides of the political aisle, and they'll start arguing with one another. And one will say something, and the other one completely disagrees with it, and he'll respond, and this is that fight or flight, mainly you're using it to fight, not flight, but you start talking over somebody. They're talking, and you're not listening because you've got what you want to say, and you start talking over them. Another thing is when the market is going down. You know, the market has gone down 500 points in a day, and the next day it goes down 300, and the next day it goes down 400, and you're looking at this, and you're watching the news, or you've got the little thing on your telephone where you look at the stock. Oh, Lord, the market was down 500 points. What am I going to do? And so. You start looking at those things that way, and it causes the amygdala hijack. Now, where your lobes come in is when you're looking at this stuff and you're saying, okay, I'm not investing for a day. I'm not investing for a week. I'm not investing for a month period. I'm investing for the long term. Okay, what has it done over the past? So while you may find other ways to prevent an amygdala hijack, these Two are the primary ways. Learning to avoid triggers can stop your amygdala from having a chance to overrule your emotional control, just like I was able to talk to the client and get him to reason about how well his investments were performing over a long period of term. And I brought some reasoning into what was going on with his amygdala at that time. You sort
1: of walked him through how to a- get them frontal lobes to take over. And it's a process.
2: And it's something that you've got to be very conscious of. So you can do it. I know some people, they fly off the handle, they get mad and stuff. And they say, well, that's just the way I am. Well, it's not the way you have to be. If you know more about your brain and how it works, you're able to bring in the reasoning. I'd much rather talk to somebody that has a rational mind and that can do things in a rational way and look at things that way rather than, and I've had clients come in and they were heated up. We had a client come in one time that was trying to move some money to us. They were angry at my assistant and the assistant came and talked to them and methodically showed them that she had done everything that she was supposed to. The company that was transferring the money had failed to do their job. And we were able to demonstrate to them without a question that that had happened. And they calmed way down. Instead of being angry, they got very friendly with us. And that's what can happen when your anger or that amygdala hijack sort of takes over and you get angry about something and you want to solve it right then. And you sure, you know all the facts and you don't. And so sometimes that happens.
1: I think putting together this show has been fascinating for me. I've learned a lot. Hopefully, those that are listening to our podcast, if you know more about yourself, I think, like you said, you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And the next time it happens, you can evaluate ways to correct it and, you know, act without regret. So, you were listening to The Provost Perspective, and today's podcast is entitled, When Emotions Take Over. Now, to summarize what certified financial planner Noel Swain has discussed so far, The amygdala part of our brain regulates emotional and behavioral responses, and when threatened, it can activate the fight-or-flight response. The frontal lobes, which monitor reasoning, can override the amygdala in mild cases so that we can respond rationally. But with a strong threat, the amygdala can override the frontal lobes, thus disabling rational thinking. And this has been named amygdala hijack. The amygdala's fight-or-flight response was useful to early humans because they regularly experienced real and immediate physical threats. But today, that's just not the case. The modern world is full of stress, but it's often caused by reactions to events like strife, work, or even arguments with family. The amygdala still responds to this stress as if it were a physical threat. However, you can prevent an amygdala hijack by gaining control over your brain's irrational and emotional reactions. And you can do this by slowing down, taking deep breaths, and refocusing your thoughts. These steps allow your brain's frontal lobes to take over for the irrational amygdala. When this happens, you can have control over your responses and you won't be left feeling regret at your behavior. If you have any questions on anything we've discussed so far, call us at 800-277-0025. If you have a question for Noel or want to even schedule an appointment to come in and see us, our first appointments are complimentary, 1-800-277-0025. And our tradition is to put together a report on this information, and we will have one on our website. You can download that at theprovestperspective.com. Again, that's www.theprovestperspective.com. Lots of other free reports on there as well, as well as other things referred to our Active Management or Wealth Toolkit. You can read all about those at that website. All right, Noel, so how does this apply to the world of finance?
2: Very good question. Imagine this. Someone blindfolds you. They take you somewhere completely unknown to you. You get to your destination, and they ask you to stand still. They remove your blindfold. You look down, and you're looking down at the glass floor from the observation deck of the Willis Tower, which is above the city streets of Chicago. If you're like 99.9% Other people, you're likely to experience a rush of adrenaline and quickly jump back in fear for your safety. This is because of the amygdala part of your brain. Even though it can serve many useful purposes, it can also send false positives. In this example, if the blindfold was kept on, you were standing on firm ground, there would have been no perceived risk, and you would have never experienced that response. Because, you see, You never really were at risk. It was a perceived risk. And the same can often be true with investing. How can this occur during investing, you might ask? Well, the great example is negative headlines that can be perceived as a threat to your wealth and well-being. Something like coronavirus spreading. If so-and-so gets elected, the markets will go down 20%. A recession is looming. See, the body's flight mechanism is wired to spur you to take action so you think, well, I'm going to lose money, so I had better sell before it goes down. The fellow I was talking to you about a little while ago that called me said he'd lost so much money. He was calling me in reference. This was the Monday after the Hamas invaded Israel and all the stuff that was going on, this was in response to that, and people were talking about wars and rumors of wars and what was going on, and so he was a little bit scared and he wanted to be out of the market. And when I told him he was already halfway out of the market, and then the next day we got a signal to get the rest of the way out of the market, and what we did. So the body's flight mechanism, it's wired to spur us to take action. Now, so what we think, I'm going to lose money, so I'd better sell before it goes down. The Dalbar study seemingly proves the average investor simply cannot overcome that innate response. Biology trumps logic, or at least it does initially. But successful investors tend not to think of investing in terms of absolutes, or I might lose some money over the next few months, so I better not invest. Instead, successful investors take a long-term view based on logic, not emotion. They understand over the long run, they are investing in viable, sustainable companies with the ability to compound cash flow over time. So how can investors keep on track, Noel? With the endless stream, headlines in the news, all the time, client amygdalas are Firing on all eight cylinders. So, how can you keep yourself on track and avoid value destroying behavior? One is awareness. Studies like the Dow Bar study here I've been talking about prove that knee jerk emotional responses usually destroy value. Historically, equities return about 10% per year, according to Bloomberg. The market can favor investors long term. However, Human brains are wired to lose, just like I talked about in my short take that I did earlier in the week. Emotional management. This is the next thing. Our brains are wired to avoid pain and to seek pleasure. These natural instincts, they're very powerful, but while they were extremely useful when we were hunter-gatherers, these same instincts can be very troublesome when making financial decisions. So, how do we surpass these survival instincts that have been hardwired into our brain? Well, by using some of the techniques I described earlier, like reasoning and mindfulness, these techniques allow you to slow down, breathe and relax, so you can allow the reasoning part of your brain to take back over.
1: Let's put this into practice, Noel. I want to talk now about the six biggest mistakes that ordinary investors make and then Noels. We're going to offer a solution to overcome each one of them by using our rational thinking.
2: Okay, let's talk about them. Mistake number one, seeking confirmation of your own beliefs. Your brain is wired to seek and believe information that validates your existing beliefs. We love confirmation of how smart we are. And this is magnified by the online echo chambers, right-wing people, Love to watch Fox News. Left-wing people love to watch MSNBC. I'm a right-wing person. I turn it to MSNBC, and I can see the flaws in everything that they're saying. I don't see that many flaws in the reporting that I see on Fox. On the other hand, people that love MSNBC, they can turn it to Fox and see all kinds of flaws in what they're saying. And in my opinion, they may not be right, but they still have their opinions. So we just love that confirmation of how smart we are. And this is magnified by those online echo chambers and the TV stations and things like that. News media tend to favor one point of view, whichever news media you're on. Google filters our research results and unsubstantiated rumors. They can run unchecked. So convincing yourself that a particular stock or strategy is correct without taking into account contradicting evidence can be the nail in the coffin of financial freedom. Now, what's the solution to that? Well, instead of going with your hardwired response, stop and allow the reasoning part of your brain to take over. You do this by welcoming opinions that contradict your opinion. The best investors know they are vulnerable to confirmation bias, so they actively ask questions and seek qualified opinion that disagree with their own. And I think that's important for us to do. I do that all the time. Now, let's go to mistake number two, and that is conflating recent events with ongoing trends. This simply means that you believe that the current trend of the day will continue when you allow recent events to carry more weight than history. Now, a lot of times we see this, especially during the fall of the year or the summer going into the fall when there are hurricanes and we get a big hurricane. And somebody comes out and says, well, that's a sign of global warming. That's a sign of climate change. And we have had hard, bad hurricanes throughout history. And they may not even know that this year was actually a lower year for hurricanes. But that one hurricane, they think, is an absolute proof of climate change. Now, the solution To avoiding this impulsive decision-making is to commit to a portfolio allocation in advance and then rebalance on a regular basis. This is what we do. We have a hard and fast set of rules in the way that we invest. If event A happens, then we respond this way. If event B happens, then we respond that way. And so what happens is we make sure that we are taking the appropriate response for what we're seeing. It's well thought out in advance. And that's why I say I am a rules-based advisor because our feelings, our emotions, even though we have them, we don't let them interfere with what we're doing. Now, another option is to commit to a particular style of asset management and stick with it. Like if you are a buy-and-hold investor, yeah, you're going to find some fairly steep declines in values every now and then. But it works well if retirement is off in the distance for you. But if not, we believe active management, of course, for us, is the way to go. Take a look at mistake number three. That's overconfidence. Now, this happens when we overestimate our investing abilities, knowledge, future prospect, just because we are good at other areas of our lives. I found this to be case with people that in some cases are highly educated, like people that are in the medical field or people that are in the field of law and things like that, they think that because they are good at making money, that they will be good at investing money. And the solution to that is to get honest and to admit that you don't have any special advantage so that you don't delude yourself into thinking that you can outperform the markets when you really don't know what's going on. Howard Marks says, if you can't predict the future, the most important thing to do is to admit it. If it's true that you can't make forecasts, yet you try anyway, then that is really financial suicide. Now, was three mistakes. Let's go into the fourth one, and that is the Babe Ruth effect, and that's swinging for the fences. It can be tempting to go for the big wins, in your quest to build financial wealth. But doing this can also mean strikeouts, which can be difficult to recover from. For many, many years, Babe Ruth held the home run record. He had more home runs than anybody else that came along until, I think, Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's home run record. But did you know that Babe Ruth also had the strikeout record? He had more strikeouts than anybody else. And you know what wins pennants? And you know what wins the World Series? Base hits. Getting on base, moving around the base with somebody else hitting a single. The rational solution to this swinging for the fences is to work to achieve sustainable long-term returns that compound over time. Don't get distracted by short-term noise on Wall Street, but reorient your approach to build wealth over the long term. Warren Buffett has said, The stock market is a device for transferring money from the impatient to the patient. Now, mistake number five, and that's staying home. That's home bias. The tendency to invest disproportionately in markets that are familiar to you, like your own country stock market, only one asset class, your own industry, or your employer stock. Home bias can leave you overweighted in what you know, which can potentially wreak havoc on your portfolio. The solution is to consciously diversify the different asset classes and in different countries. Now, mistake number six, and that is negativity bias. The amygdala floods the body with fear signals when we're losing money. But when markets plunge, fear takes over, and it's very easy to act irrationally. Some people panic and move their entire portfolio to cash. The solution is simply to prepare, know that it's going to happen, maintain the right asset allocation or asset management style that will help you through volatility, and then partner with the right financial advisor to focus on the long term. Now, for the most people that are accumulating, they're not using their money for income. They're just continuing to grow their assets. We believe very strongly that active management is a very good way to go because what it does, it helps reduce some of that amygdala hijack because if you're down 5%, 6%, 10%, that's a lot better than being down 30% or 40% or 50% because that can cause a tremendous amount of fear. Even though the stock market has every single time it's gone down, it's come back. Every single time that it's gone down, it has come back. We're thinking, it's down now. It's gone down. Is it going to come back this time? Even though it has every single time, even though it's got a hundred to zero record or whatever you want to call it, I don't know how many times it's been down, but even though it's got a perfect record, we're thinking, but will it come back this time? And so what we do is we help people get over that fear by being able to move our money out of the market. As we record this show on the 19th of October, we know that we are out of the market at this point because the market is not showing us very good signs. And so there will be a time that we'll get back in the market, but our indicators have to change. And just because the market goes up 300 points today or tomorrow or next Friday or whatever, that means nothing to us the trends have to develop as far as an increasing market for us to get back in. And that's the way that we go about doing it. I think these six mistakes, I think they're very, very strong. And I think this has been a good first podcast for us.
1: It's been very interesting to know the why of why these mistakes happen and how to fix them. The solution is simply allowing the frontal lobes to take effect and allow reasoning, because all of them are pretty much knee-jerk reactions. And if you understand what's happening, you can get back to rationale.
2: And aren't we all subject to that knee-jerk reaction In everything,
1: every aspect of our life. I think this can step on everyone's toes. I
2: mean, whether it's husbands and wives pushing each other's buttons, we've all talked about pushing those buttons. Well, what that is, is setting off the amygdala part of the brain.
1: Now we know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Now we know how to stop it.
2: Yeah, but, are but, we? <laughs> but will we? That's right.
1: <laughs> we have to work to it. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not instinctive like the amygdala is. We actually have to work to it. So today's discussion on the preface perspective has been when emotions take over. And this can really ruin you as an investor. So it's important to think rationally in order to overcome those knee-jerk responses. The amygdala part of our brain, which regulates emotional and behavioral responses when threatened, activates the fight or flight response. The frontal lobes, which monitor reasoning, can override the amygdala in mild cases so that we do respond rationally. With a strong threat, the amygdala can override the frontal lobes, thus disabling rational thinking. This has been named amygdala hijack. However, you can prevent an amygdala hijack by gaining control over your brain's irrational emotional reactions. You do this by slowing down, taking deep breaths, and refocusing your thoughts. These steps allow your brain's frontal lobes to take over for the irrational amygdala. When this happens, you have control over your responses and you won't be left feeling regret at your behavior. You can call us at 800-277-0025. First appointment to come in and speak with Noel is complimentary. 1-800-277-0025. And be sure and visit our website, www.the. Provestperspective.com We've got information on our wealth toolkit. We've also got lots of free reports on that website, www.theprovestperspective.com. And be sure and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about how to do so, just give us a call at 800-277-0025. We can be found on Spotify, iHeart, and Google just to name a few. Just visit our website for the full list of podcast platforms that we are available on. Once again, that website address is www.theprovestperspective.com. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We'll have another information-packed show for you next week. But until then,
2: don't don't just just invest, invest. ProVest. ProVest Wealth Advisors invite you to a lunch and learn gathering atop the elegant A.C. Marriott Hotel in beautiful downtown Spartanburg. A top economist from our investment company partner, First Trust, will be speaking to us regarding what we can look forward to in 2024 as it relates to inflation, rising interest rates, and market volatility. All this is happening on Wednesday, December 13th at 1130 a.m. So mark your calendar and save your seat by calling 864-582-7766 to reserve your place at the table. That's 864-582-7766. Remember, seating is limited, so make your reservation early. I hope you can be there because I look forward to seeing you. Reserve your seat right now
0: at 864-582-7766. That's 864-582-7766. For more on the ProVest Perspective, we'd love to hear from you. Call us at 800-277-0025 or visit theprovestperspective.com. Advisory services offered through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Provost Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Discussions in this show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Investing involves risk. Depending on the types of investments, there may be varying degrees of risk. Investors should be prepared to bear loss, including total loss of in principal. Indices mentioned during this broadcast are unmanaged and cannot be invested indirectly. When we state that we're investing in the S&P 500, Russell 2000, and other indexes, we mean that we we invest in funds that mimic the index, not the index itself. Diversification and asset allocation strategies do not always assure profit or protect against loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing regular amounts steadily over time, dollar cost averaging may lower your average per share cost. Periodic investment programs cannot guarantee profit or protect against loss in a declining market. Dollar cost averaging is a long-term strategy involving continuous investing regardless of fluctuating price levels and as a result, you should consider your financial ability to continue to invest during periods of fluctuating price levels. Tax free withdrawals or tax free income referenced are dependent on terms and conditions that vary based on the product or investment selected. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC.